Today we're joined by one of our own, Kevin McGrath. I gotta tell the story of Kevin McGrath. Kevin is always one of my favorite people to talk to within the company. Heads in the Cloud with your host, David Portnowitz, Graham Potter, and John Roth. Welcome to today's episode of Heads in the Cloud. I'm David Portnowitz. And I'm John Roth. Today we're joined by a very interesting slash special guest, one of our own, Kevin McGrath, who is our regional account director um, in the, I don't know, what is it, the upper Midwest? I can never, I can never remember what these. He's in the middle of nowhere. He's that's in right. Absolutely that's, that's, the middle of nowhere. No, I, I, I have a hard disagree. Kevin is in Grand Rapids and uh, I have spent a lot of time in that area of the world. I have some good friends who live up in Muskegon and the Holland area. And I will tell you, it is a beautiful area up there, right on the lake. Lots of fun, lots to do. Uh, and uh, yeah, so Kevin, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. Well, I, I, I got to add something to that. Kevin's okay, territory. Go, go for it. Just talk right over Kevin. No worries. He's not even there. Just don't even worry about it. <laughs> this is John's time. I'm just here to listen and join in whenever. Oh, no, yes, John, John said he had a big intro for you, Kevin. So let's oh, hear boy. it. Oh, a big intro. No, I just, I, I, I got to tell the story of, of Kevin McGrath. I mean, what okay. I know of Kevin McGrath. I mean, I met Kevin when I was actually the regional we called us regional vice presidents back in the day, but I actually uh, came to recruit his company that uh, Kevin worked for. He was a VP, VP of sales um, in a company in Grand Rapids. And we basically recruited them on to be a star to star partner. I was so impressed with him uh, that uh, later on uh, he asked to come to work for star to star. And I was at a, at my role that time was basically brought him on and, and he worked for me, but this guy is Phenomenal. He is not one of your your typical salespeople. He is one of those, uh, and I, I put this: anybody has to do forecasting for their leadership. Uh, when I come to forecasting for Kevin, I didn't have to use some special algorithm. I knew when deals were going to close, and that really puts him to be like one of the great salespeople that I've ever uh, met, ever worked with, and. Uh, I've known him for like seven or eight years now and got kids and uh, Kevin don't, don't take, try to take his money on a golf course. I hear Kevin, you're a pretty good <laughs> golfer. <laughs> you know, there was a time absolutely that, uh, that I was pretty darn good. I think that's, uh, that's really how I got to Michigan from Illinois is I was uh, able and had a great opportunity to play collegiate golf for a, a small oh. kind of division two college here in West Michigan. And uh, oh. from there, yeah. So yeah. played here and uh, found uh that who is now my wife and uh, priority shifted, but uh, there, there was a time that I was pretty dangerous out there. Now I think I'd likely just end up injuring myself. So I like to live in the past when it comes to golf, the other things I'm happy to, to press forward on with, with what we're doing today. Okay. Did you Excellent. really go to hope? I was just like shouting out hope. You no, know, uh, <laughs> my golf game needed a lot of hope, Hi-oh! but I did not play there. Uh, I actually oh. played at another college called Grand Valley state, which is just ah, yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. west of yeah, yeah. Grand Rapids. Yeah. My buddy who lives up in that area, he swam at Hope. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway. So, Kevin, uh, you've got uh, – how many boys do you have? Three boys. They are now – this year they've turned 16, 14, and 12. Okay. So, you got your hands full still. I do. I do. Behind me, there's this pegboard that I've taken all their football gear off. You can just see it over my left shoulder here. But that's normally full of helmets, backpacks, 
uh, random football pads, uh, baseball gear, who knows? So this is kind of the staging area of all the athletic equipment that comes in and out of this house on a regular basis. I gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, but you're actually in Grand Rapids, a great area. The reason I was talking about you know, you're middle of nowhere, because uh, I've taken some road trips with you when I've come up and you have taken me into the middle of nowhere. We have gone from <laughs> leave a hotel at seven o'clock in the morning. We'd get done at eight o'clock at night, three, 400 miles away, seeing three or four partners, dinner, I mean, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Uh, this guy's a real true road warrior. Um, he used to send me uh, pictures of the you know, biggest ball of cheese, um, <laughs> biggest ball of string and things of that nature we'd find in some areas. The last time we actually uh, traveled together, we went to Baraboo, Wisconsin. That's right. Oh boy. That was, that was it. That was yeah, the, Baraboo, uh, and if you recall that BP gas station had that large mouse eating the, the, the yes. cheese yeah. that I've captured. So a lot of my travels, I have pictures of uh, cows, like a DeForest, Wisconsin has a great little cheese house with yeah. a cow that's got to be 15 feet long. So I've got a lot of photos of random yeah. farm animals in the upper Midwest, but you know, it's, I, I protect the Northern boundary of the United States. I've got so that's one of your new, is it a hobby? <laughs> for you it is because i think you i think you really enjoy getting the photos of <laughs> <laughs> so, well, rodents well, and, well, and other things eating cheese i always send pictures to john yeah i uh, and i i i chuckle every time i see him because uh i remember those days of going because a florida boy going uh kevin it's really you know it's really cold out there and there's ice all over your you know how how are we going to do this and you go don't worry about it go eat your breakfast 30 minutes later. Of course, he's already started the car and it's melted and he drives. And uh, he was uh, known for trying to wear me out and he most certainly did. There was no other rep that uh, that took me on more uh, more miles in certain given days in multiple states. Sometimes we pass through one state and go back to the next one. Uh, so he was, uh, <laughs> he was trying to kill me. He didn't, didn't survive. But today, let's get a little serious because, um, you know, you being me, I think the consummate professional when it comes to being a salesperson, um, you know, you somewhat take an agnostic approach to uh, looking at clients and opportunities and you look at, you know, what business needs can you satisfy for them that might not necessarily just be a voice application. I mean, that's something... I want to talk about the one you just did recently. We'll talk about that, but your methodology of how you go through that process and bring in multiple uh, companies to help you get a customer to satisfy those needs. G give me your philosophy on that, of how you start that out, what milestones you try to hit before you go to the next and walk us through just a, a customer. And then I'm going to talk specifically about the one that you did recently that led to a very, very large uh, sale for you? You know, I, I think in all seriousness, it, it, it really is about understanding a client environment. And so what I've discovered, I think in part coming actually from playing golf a little bit is that story of it's 10,000 hours required for mastery, right? So it's, the, have, it's, the, it's, the, it's the Malcolm approach. Yeah, well, it, it, it takes a long time to figure this stuff out. And what I've figured out in 20 years of doing this is that I really don't know all that much about whatever our customers want or need before I actually talk to them. And when I started out in the business, I was happy to come in with 
a portfolio of products. I was happy to go in and find my presentation deck and just pound through 40 slides with a customer. And at the end of it realized probably none of this has any relevancy to what they really needed to accomplish, but I felt good about going through my slide deck. So I was grading myself about, did I hit all my marks on going through the slides? <laughs> and I was realizing my close rate wasn't that good. And for the most part, I was not having any real conversations with clients about what they're hoping to accomplish in the next two or three years strategically, which might not have anything to do with technology that I was providing. Uh, you know, marketing campaigns, new recruitment, new hires, geographic expansion, all these things that may or may not have anything to do with a voice application, but yet I wasn't listening. So at some point, I think I was able, in large part, when joining Star to Star and getting more on the channel, where I was able to go to customer appointments with other partners and watch them go through the discovery process or, or presenting or trying to close perhaps prematurely or wrongly or with the wrong level in the organization. So I was taking a ton of notes, mostly about what was going on in those meetings, not necessarily what was the customer saying specifically. I know that might sound odd, but I was trying to watch and understand the flow of those conversations. And what I was finding is there was oftentimes a disconnect of one of us was presenting what it is that we're selling, doing, or providing. And the other person across the table was wondering, why are they telling me this when it really doesn't resonate or have any relevance with the business need that I need to be or have addressed. And so I've found myself over time focused much more on an open dialogue with a customer and trying to become an advocate for their strategic initiatives, regardless of what it is. And, and if I take more of an advocacy role, and that may be a, a trusted advisor. I know we use that term a lot in our industry. Yeah, let's, let's, let's not ever mention that term again. I hate that term. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> we, it's like the most overused term in the channel. It's like, I, I want to be a trusted, yeah, well, okay, what does that mean? They don't have yeah. classes for that. Uh, so <laughs> it's, it's more like, you know, a consultative role, but I kind of even tweak that, more of an advocate. So I really want to go in and understand if a customer needs to get something accomplished in the next 12 months, how can I help them get that done? And it yeah. might not involve a start a star application. It might not involve a unified communications play. It might be something completely outside of that. Uh, but if I can help advocate on the behalf of the customer, I think that helps me understand better what they're doing. And I think that adds an opportunity for me to bring my expertise in the space to help maybe, uh, you know, further benefit those initiatives or provide additional assets to them. Right. That, that really does create a business relationship. So at some point you kind of end up being an advocate and a consultant and really part of that business, but you, you get to it by understanding what is it that they want to do and not necessarily what is it that I have that they may want to buy. You typically, uh, you're going to come in after one of your partners uh, has, you know, somewhat qualified an opportunity. You're going to come in, help them. Uh, and and, and obviously you're going to be coaching that partner along the way as well. Uh, you're not necessarily, you're going to help them get in there and understand what's the application, um, what are the needs, do we identify the right people? You help coach along those milestones with your partners, is that correct? I certainly do. Uh, and I think what's important there is I actually try to start a lot earlier in the process uh, when a partner says, hey, you know, I've got this great opportunity I'd like you to involve, that's fantastic, right? That's, mm -hmm. That is really what our role here is to come in and help that partner navigate the sales process and help them be successful. And I oftentimes like to just kind of hit a pause, uh, you know, before we go in guns a blazing with the proposal, let's hold on a second. Let's have conversations to make sure. And, and I think my colleagues in the channel would agree 
you know, we're revising quotes almost nonstop. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and the reason we do that is because we're presuming to know what the customer wants or needs without really validating that. Exactly. So I oftentimes go, before we actually give the budgetary number, let, let's not even do that. Let's just have a conversation around what is it that they're hoping to accomplish in the next couple of years? And how do we dovetail with that? How can we augment those strategic plans? And how do we potentially in this world, uh, not just COVID and remote worker, but the digital transformation space, another kind of overused term, but as, we, as we're moving more of our communications to different channels and, and media, how do we help that customer accelerate that transformation? And that's, that's a different conversation to have than, yeah, than here's what I, we can I, present and here's the promotions. And, and I think with you working with the partners, you're helping them become, you know, a little more like you and to be able to do a little bit more in the beginning instead of bringing you in sometimes. So they, they get to learn how to do that and, and watch because, you know, you get in front of a, a customer and you start throwing out numbers to them and you don't really know, you know, what the application is. You're kind of just, you're like everybody else. You're, you're, a, you're an A, B, or C. You want to be that A competitor that basically has, you know, uncovered the opportunity, uncovered the business needs you've gone through, you found out the people within the organization that are involved with the process that you might not have, you know, ever think of, but if you know who they are, they have to be brought into that conversation as well. And I know you do that extremely well. Give give me an example of the opportunity you just had. It was like a, a 46 or 48 location opportunity that you walked into that started out not even talking about voice. How did that, tell me a little bit about that in a shortened version, if you sure. will. Sure, yeah, no, that, that, that was a great, it's a great example, right? It, it, and I think fundamentally, we had an opportunity to join a partner that was feeling a bit overwhelmed. Um, the partner reached out to us and, and kind of said, this, this account is a little bit too large. There's a lot of complexity here and we're concerned that we just can't really manage it can Start a Star come in kind of directly and, and help partner and team with us on this? So it really was a collaborative approach that we took from the get-go, which I think was, was a great starting point. But it's kind of funny. Uh, I don't want to embellish the story too much, but a little bit for the purpose of, of some smiles and laughs. But I went into uh, another part of my region, John, as, as desolate and remote as you're familiar with the others. And uh, so there's a spot that's about uh, an hour and a half north of uh, the Pittsburgh area and uh, visited with the customer and they had some older pbx's they have a lot of legacy telecommunication services t1s and and we know the story just a lot of exorbitant costs on legacy products end of life not serviceable and so we really thought this is a great opportunity to kind of steamroll in and show them what unified communications can do but taking the approach of trying to understand what the issue was what we really discovered was that those costs, while they are exorbitant, were far less than costs of being uh, out of compliance with certain audits. Mm. And what this customer had was a lot of locations served by rural internet service providers, local cable companies, really not robust networks. And if their network went down and they weren't able to process time clocking um, or certain deliverables of medicines or patient checks, they could have serious ramifications from an audit perspective for fines. And so after spending several hours with the account, we realized what they really needed was a way to have a much more reliable wide area network. Mm. And in doing that, I recognized that we didn't have the skill set at the time to do that. So I helped facilitate a local expert 
in something called SD-WAN. And I yep. invited that expert to come in and we walked through and, and that, that expert came to the customer site and it was completely a, a non-star to star thing. It was really just understanding what are the customer's applications around that wide area networking and business applications that have a high need for uptime. And we walked through multiple different SD-WAN technologies and strategies and ideas and started to solidify on what the first step is to build a proper network with or without star to stars voice technology whatsoever. And really created this relationship for the customer to feel like they were getting third party, um, constructive, objective advice on how to help manage this audit and, and some of these reliable or, um, regulatory compliance issues. And that helped, you know, essentially not have them face big fines. So that's where we started. Uh, now we've gotten into an opportunity where we are deploying some voice technologies. Uh, we're utilizing SD-WAN. We have uh, 4G LTE backup. Uh, we're really helping make sure that that site is high uptime, uh, which is really yeah. even more critical than just Put the technology in place uh, that can allow them to basically make uh, UC come in as being like, it's a no brainer. I mean, you have to do it this way now. And now it's just the follow-on. So we're actually, we're more like the third or fourth priority in terms of how the sites are managed, right? So we're doing some infrastructure cabling, which is a critical piece to let them do um, electronic medical records and, and building wide Wi-Fi. So that's kind of number one. Number two, we have this SD-WAN and LTE so that they're able to maintain this high uptime and audit compliance. And then three is, okay, let's look at those phone systems now and maybe displace that expensive PRI. And so we're, we're kind of coming in behind all these other network updates. But I think the point of this conversation and why we bring up this example is that we're part and parcel of that conversation. We're not coming in after the network was updated. We're not coming in after the strategic initiatives were identified. We're right. coming, we're, we're part of the whole process of helping to understand what are the next sites that most really need modernization? What are the sites that are most susceptible to outages? What are the sites that have the lowest cost to update or have the greatest savings potential by eliminating some legacy equipment or telecom services? And so we're really helping the CIO and the CFO build this strategic roadmap of modernization, audit compliance, cost recovery, you know, into UC services. And it really becomes this holistic approach to how do we help them manage their really now 65 properties and get them onto really a single network infrastructure, a single platform. Let's uh, so take take that same philosophy. How would you take that down to a, a small opportunity? Let's just say you walk in and you've just got a, a just a single location. Would you take that same philosophy in there and and work it uh, the same way or different? I really try to. Obviously, it doesn't have the same level of complexity and probably doesn't have the same time frame. Uh, you know. A single site customer, you know, a healthcare organization, if we're staying in that vertical, that, you know, might have one or two providers as say like an orthodontics or orthopedic, you know, single site, 20, 30 users, we're probably not having such detailed discussions about structured cabling and infrastructure <laughs> and firewalls. And right. that's probably yeah. not where we are in that opportunity, but certainly we're having conversations about what strategic initiatives might they have in play to bring on another physician or to maybe expand to another location, or perhaps to move and digitize medical records. You know, so I think there's conversations that still happen, and it kind of is this whole pause. It's, it's not, here's what I have to, to provide you for your telephony and unified communications. It's more about, 
what is it you're trying to accomplish as a single site, three provider, orthodontics, or, or whatever they may be, uh, you know, general practice, you know, physician, what's going on? You know, where are we trying to get to in two or three years? Is somebody retiring? Is there succession planning to, to someone else? Are we looking to get acquired by a larger health organization in the area? How do we prepare for an acquisition? And what does that look like? So I, I think those yeah. conversations can still happen. And then it, it actually bears out, well, if that's what you really want to accomplish in the next two or three years, here's solutions that we, Start a Star and the partner, can help bring to bear on this and really help them simplify the number of vendors and, and the number of people that are trying to get wallet share and mind share and start to build out this plan over the next 12 to 36 months of how do we get you from point A to point Z with or without maybe even, even a UCAS play. It might be more networking and medical records or, or you know, telehealth, which would be uh, something that we certainly do. So, but right. it really just depends. And I think all those well, opportunities I, very much change as it, they develop. I think it just shows that you do still follow the same methodology as you go through and you hit certain milestones and you're still doing the same things as you would from a very large opportunity. If you take that same focus down to a smaller opportunity, they really don't change that much. Maybe the length of time is different. You're getting through them a little bit quicker because they're a little bit smaller. But uh, so you stick to that format and I think that's important. Tell me one that you basically, what you might walk away from one. At what stage in an organization would you say, I'm gonna walk away and pause on this one because it's not, um, you know, give me the reasons why you'd pause. That's a good one. Uh, He's not pausing right now, man. We're in a pandemic. We need every deal we can get. <laughs> the criteria might have lessened a little bit. You know, the threshold is. <laughs> um, selectivity might not be the name of the game right now, but um, I feel oh, like well, I'm well, compelled I'm to answer the like, question. Like get into I one, get you. you know, and you, you, you don't have the buy-in from a, uh, integral person involved with a making a business decision because you can't get to them and your gatekeeper or your, your champion has won't let you access to them to it. To it. So at a point you go, am I going to spend more time with this and, you know, waste my energy and I, but I've got to have buy-in from that champion to get me to, to the next, that next person. You, yeah, that's, that's a good one. And, 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 and jokingly aside, yeah, absolutely. It, it, I think the term that I've used with other partners is, you know, are we the designated loser? Yeah. Exactly. A, a lot of companies will go out and say, you know, we need two or three quotes and I'm working on one right now, interestingly enough, that is a kind of more traditional hardware sale, right? A, a customer is looking at a traditional phone system from a known manufacturer. It's a multi-site customer and they're trying to do things where all the phones will come back to the head end on a virtualized server and you know, again, this is technology that we kind of moved past about a decade ago. Yeah. Um, but if we want to go back there, I, I get it. I just don't see the value of having all of your locations reliant on one virtualized server, on one inter internet connection at one location where everything yeah. can go down. Like, I'm just not a huge fan of that sort of design. Not we don't smart. need to do that today. And it's not yeah. star to star. It's just you don't need to have that sort of network infrastructure. But it's, it's something people are familiar with. And so I'm trying to have conversations about whiteboarding, what happens if, and are, you know, if you were to lose a site for four hours, what's the revenue loss? What's the productivity loss? Even if it happens once over the next three years, there's a cost that we should be thinking about for how that site would be interrupted in terms of serviceability. 
And I'm finding that uh, my contacts there are kind of listening, but I'm not sure if it's absorbing. And, and so part of that is, you know, this is just direct to me is, you know, wondering, am I the designated loser in this? Is, is somebody going, well, we want to get a cloud proposal and understand that just to kind of shoot it down so we can justify going forward with a more traditional approach. So, you know, my job is to keep pushing forward. Well, you know, who else can we speak to? And let me, let me chat with the VP of sales. We can talk about revenue loss and customer service issues, you know, those sorts of things. Uh, but sometimes you get into a scenario where you have a very powerful personality as, as either the decision maker or the influencer, and, and you're really being used as the justification to go somewhere else. Yeah. And I think it's yeah. important to understand the more we keep going after that, we're, we're spending time in areas that are not fruitful for our pursuit, but we're actually reinforcing to some degree that decision maker's ideas that they're going in the right direction. Yep. You know, the father of three, the harder I push my teenage boys, the more they push back. <laughs> yep. you know, part of it is going, if you want to go that direction, by all means, here's my card. There you go. Let me know. I'm happy to come back three years from now. If things change, we can revisit this. But I think the harder we push, the more we try to sell ourselves, the more it just justifies in the buyer's mind that we're grasping at straws. And yeah, I don't want to be in that you could, You've done this long enough to smell out when you're number C. Yeah, when you the and you go or letter C, even it, letter C is better than number C, whichever one, right? It's, it, it, it becomes one. It, I think recognize that is hard. And to David's point, right? You know, kind of pandemic. You know, people are are struggling with with decision making. There's a lot of uncertainty in the market. So I think it's easier to get caught in some of these cycles where you tend to keep pursuing something that you otherwise should just back away from because it's not the right time. Right. You don't have the right buy-in or the champion of the decision-making process kind of has their mind made up. And, and I just, I don't think we can change everybody's mind if they're not open to really having discussions about what strategically can we do over the next two to three years. Yeah. Hey, Kevin, I, I have a question for you. You know, you're up in, you're, you're in Michigan. Um, you've got a great partner set. We've traditionally had great partners up in that area. Um, you know, it's like you, we've talked about your, you know, you're a little bit probably dis, you know, you're not, you're not in a major metro area where you've got 20 partners within a five mile radius or whatever the case, maybe you have, might have like in Los Angeles or, or someplace like that. You know, how has, how have you dealt with that during the last six months? I mean, I, it's, uh, is it, has it changed your relationship with these partners? Have you been more contact, less contact? Like, you know, what, you know, you know, you're on this, you're on, you're in the, you're on the ground there. So like, what's it been like, um, you know, during the pandemic to, to have this partner community and to try to keep them selling and keep them pushing, but also realizing that, you know, they're, they've got all this stress in their life now too, from, from everything. And, you know, what's that been like for you? That's a great question. Uh, it's been, it's been unique, right? Which is probably an understatement to make. It's been very unique. Um, it's been challenging insofar as getting kind of mind share. You know, we have Start a Star, when I say we, the collective we of Start a Star, have released a tremendous amount of product and technology enhancements over the last six months. Mm -hmm. And it's those, the partner community, I think, was very well established in understanding our value proposition, how we go to market, kind of the sales process I like to follow um, and, and hope that they would too, so we can make sure that we're not missing opportunities or getting blindsided. But now that changes. So what used to be kind of that road warrior in front of clients doing a bunch of discovery calls and meetings and helping partners uh, is now much more consulting over the phone, 
uh, maybe using video sessions such as this, trying to uh, educate the partners of what it is that we have available and how we can very much provide a different story to a prospective customer. Mm-hmm. And that's been the biggest challenge is, is helping the partner understand that what we have historically done at Star to Star uh, has only improved over the last six months. We haven't slowed down. We've sped up. We've accelerated to deliver technologies to the marketplace to provide remote working, to provide this you know, work from home, uh, COVID support. These are areas that our partners really need to be aware of because their customers are asking them, how do we adjust to this new environment? So I found that the, the activity level is higher, but it's mm-hmm. a very different level of activity. It's much more uh, communicating with partners on a regular basis about what Star to Star is doing and less communication about what are we doing next with a certain prospective customer. So mm-hmm. six months ago, it was always, what's the next step in the sales process with customer A, B, or C? And now it's much more every week, let's talk about what we're doing, what we're offering, how our technologies have advanced so we can be relevant in that space. So the activity level is still high, but very different in terms of the conversations, uh, both with how I interact with the partners, but also how I'm interacting with, with customers, that they too are working remotely. So I, you, know, you can't really sit around the coffee table or the, the boardroom table with the, the CIO and, and whiteboard things for a couple hours. Um, that's yeah. very different now to try to do that virtually and still have the relevancy in, in the conversation. Have you had, have you had any of those opportunities? I mean, of recent, you know, when, you know, we are, when the, I know Michigan's numbers have been, have been really low with COVID, you know, have you had opportunities to talk, to get more face-to-face time over the last two months or has it still been mostly remote? Still very much remote. Um, You know, there's still a lot of uh, business restrictions in the territory. So, you know, in the space that I'm in, there's, there's certainly been, areas that are still hotspots. So travel yeah. is pretty restricted. And the partners, I think, are very respectful of, of, of trying to help their customers advance technologically and from a business process, but without trying to be overly forceful, right? So part of it is being empathetic and sensitive to the situations that we're all facing. Uh, so I, I haven't had a ton of opportunities to be in front of customers. I've had a couple meetings for sure. Uh, certainly yeah. not the same level of activity. I mean, it was 25, 30 meetings a month, you know, pre-COVID. And, and now if, if you're seeing two or three customers a month in person, you know, I think that's, that's a, pretty, a pretty high number. Uh, but definitely a lot of videos. Definitely a lot of using <laughs> our video and video meeting and, and yeah. using our tools yeah. to, to leverage the technology. And what's really interesting about that, uh, this is kind of like a hidden blessing, um, if it were. Uh, perhaps that term's wrong. How about uh, an, an unexpected Silver lining. An Silver unexpected lining. opportunity, yeah. Yeah. In that now we're utilizing the tools so differently to go, well, let's jump on a video session here, you know, and we're using our technologies and talking to customers, how we can utilize these tools uniformly across their, their entire employee base. And so I think customers are actually becoming more immersed in our technology when we're presenting to them than ever before. Uh, you know, if we were in person talking about, here's a proposal, here's what we can do. We might've been using a slide deck or we might've been, been using marketing slicks. Now we're using the actual technology in real time going, here's what you're getting. Here's what it's doing. Here's how it operates. So I actually find myself doing more meetings with end users while they're utilizing our own technology than I think ever before. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's really fascinating because you've got this, this strange, setting right i mean we're just all sort of in this weird place right now um you know what you know 
are you in, in talking to your partners are they anxious to get back out or are they are they are they having more or less activity from their customers like are they still are they still getting in, in front of customers and you know i know we've been as a as a star to start team talking about all the ways you know, we're, we've been trying to figure out how to, how to keep our contact with our partners and our customers high, but obviously there's a level of saturation between like people don't, you know, just like zoomed out or whatever the case is, you know, are you still, is there still sort of that level of activity between the partner and the customer or, and it, or do they see that increasing over the next, you know, rest of the year, three, four months or what, what's your take? Yeah, and that's great. That's good. There was definitely some fatigue. Uh, there, there was some fatigue in the front end of this March, April, May. Uh, we were doing a lot of video meetings. The, the contact was extremely high. Um, I was scheduling almost bi-weekly video sessions with the partners just to kind of keep them updated with what we're doing. And, and like I said, we were releasing a lot of technology. We had a, a significant COVID response uh, to help benefit customers with either, mm -hmm. you know, some, some cost deferments or some different promotions or kind of, uh, you know, new business continuity customers opportunities to work from home without making major commitments or infrastructure changes. So there was a lot going on. So the, the, the calls and the activity was very high and it led to a little bit of burnout, a little bit of fatigue. I mean, at some point I kind of got the white flag from partners like, you know, we get it. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> you know, give, give me some time. Yeah. Uh, in, in Michigan where the majority of my partners reside, um, you know, we were kind of an early state that shut down and yeah. our governor has been, has been very direct in trying to limit and manage the spread. Uh, so Kudos we to had, governor Whitmer. Yes. It's, so we, we've had kind of the, the mask mandates and, and we've had travel restrictions and uh, a, a very strong response. Um, I'll say just as a way of describing a very strong response to try to mitigate and so the partners for the first couple months were kind of getting the information from me, which was great because it was very educational and, and many of them couldn't go anywhere. Um, <clears throat> we had a couple of projects that were sold prior to uh, really the, the full bloom of COVID and the customers, you know, they couldn't get in their buildings. You know, landlords were closing buildings. You couldn't have an install technician install equipment. So, so we had phone systems and technologies just waiting at partners' offices, trying to get the green light to be able to go and have access again wow. into a commercial yeah. property. Yeah. So <clears throat> that was, was pretty strong. Now, you know, fast forward, our numbers are coming down in this state. Uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota are, are hanging in there. So I definitely see uh, activity picking up. We're certainly understanding the spread better. I think we're responding better. We're taking better precautions. So I've, I've seen, you know, in terms of internal conversation, right? The quote volume has gone a lot higher. Um, end user engagement seems far greater. And uh, I would say the enthusiasm and optimism in the partner community has, has probably doubled <laughs> from kind of iffy at best to, okay, yeah. we're, we're seeing you know, the light at the end of this. I think we're going to see ourselves emerge. Um, I think there's pent up demand for technologies. We're starting to see some projects that were quoted a while back start to um, pick up steam and, and, and the interest level continuing to increase. So I think we're definitely on the upswing of recovery here. Uh, and I think the optimism, the activity definitely shows that and reflects it properly. Hey, I have uh, one last question, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. Uh, John, we'll, I'll turn it back over to John. Just real quick, of the kinds of customers your, your partners are, are working with, has there been a trend as to what in, in certain um, verticals? Has there been any trend or has it been all over the place? You know, I, I know 
you, you, you people have we've had been asking this question to quite a few people who have been joining us and a lot of it's been around healthcare and education and, and some around manufacturing I didn't know up there if that was any different or if you've had any significant you know uptick in one vertical versus another I, I have absolutely I um, I think healthcare kind of universally uh, yeah. for years now healthcare has just been a very you know a, a very fast moving market and fast accelerating growth market. Um, we've also seen in this space, a lot of interest from what I consider more like knowledge workers. Um, and so, you know, markets that have the vast majority of those kind of producing revenue or managing client engagements from a knowledge management and a knowledge worker perspective seem to really be leveraging and, and needing these work from home technologies. And so that would be things like law firms, uh, CPAs, mm. you know, the, the accounts, right? We had this delay of needing to file your taxes to July 15. That was a, a COVID response. Well, <clears throat> you have a bunch of accountants that are typically very busy through, you know, February, March, April, kind of right as, as we had this, this, you know, full explosion of uh, COVID cases here in Michigan. So you had these individuals that couldn't access their commercial property, but yet were, you know, needing to, to start working on accounting and filings. Yeah. So yeah. those sorts of groups are going, we can't ever be like that again. We can never be unable to access our voicemail messages when we're out of the office. We can't just work and rely on our cell phone only. We really need this. So I think when you're kind of this knowledge worker where, uh, you need to be able to work from anywhere, access files anywhere, be responsive to customers kind of from anywhere. I'm seeing that. So verticals, like I said, CPA and accounting, a medical for sure, a lot of activity uh, from those in the legal profession and the legal markets. I'm seeing a lot of that have renewed interest in trying to get rid of what I think was kind of the thought of we had this great commercial property, our customers come in and we wow them with the facade and, and, and with the boardrooms that we have as a law firm into if we can't have clientele come to our office and be amazed by our boardroom, what are we doing to provide legal services? And, and we yeah. were finding a lot of investment was made in having beautiful facilities and great infrastructure in building, but it didn't extend very well back to the home. So I think we're starting to see those sort of areas where maybe regardless of the vertical, where investments were made in infrastructure, in commercial property and real estate, those organizations are struggling because they've invested in really having kind of a brand and an image that really doesn't transfer well to a home office or remote worker environment. So I think those are the areas that our partners are finding real opportunities to pursue. Very, very, very cool. I'm glad to hear that. John? Well, we get to the fun part now. Uh, although <laughs> this has been extremely fun, Kevin, to have you on. Uh, it's been very enlightening. Um, Hanging up on me is when this gets fun. Is that? No, 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 no. Here comes a question. So um, here comes a question. You got to just close your eyes. Imagine this. Okay. You are on a, my Zen place. Uh -huh. You're on a ship. You've been shipwrecked. Oh, geez. The only one left. Tough break. You've gone to an island. The island has, has food, has fresh water. You have no electricity. You have no. There's internet. a chilies there. The only thing there is a chilies. You have to just eat that chip oh, and chip salt and nonstop. Is there promo? Is that going or not? Do I get that? <laughs> so you're, you're stranded. Triplets for life. Okay, I'm stranded. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you, have, you have food. There's supplies. You, you know, you're, you're going to eat. You're going to have fresh water. What three things would you 
ask for the, if you could get them, okay? You're not going to have internet. What what three items would you ask for? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Uh, it's a Zeppelin. Oh, this is yeah. not just this is not just breezy easy. Come in here, baby. Oh man, Stop. I should have prepared. You didn't yeah. give this to me before. Um, so I guess with the assumption that I have the opportunity, I would get a Led Zeppelin box set. I think is number one, provided it, it would play on something. So I'm making the assumption that I have uh, okay. some sort of device that can play or, or uh, no internet. So I can't stream it, but uh, somehow like a Led Zeppelin box set. So if my ship is wrecked, but it can still have a workable uh, CD player or something, that'd be good. Okay, okay that's I good. would get that. I would certainly get um, some golf clubs, assuming I can work on my bunker play on this island forever. Oh, nice. Oh, that's smart. Wow. Do that, and lastly, I might suggest some sunscreen or some. I, w- I was going to say. I mean, I, I'm assuming I'm clothed. I was thinking like a really nice Baja hat or something. So my fair Irish skin, right? I'm in the North Central. There's still snow here, for goodness sakes. I burn just by thinking about the sun. So I need some sort of protective gear so I don't melt while uh, marooned down the island for the rest of my okay, my life so or whatever duration that is. Led Zeppelin. We got some sunscreen. And what was the what was the second golf one? Clubs. Some golf, golf clubs. clubs. Golf clubs. Just or, or just how about just a couple of sand wedges? Or you you know a, a wedge or two, a gap wedge. Yeah, whole, sure. I mean, you know, you, I mean, how far you? If I have out. to be restrictive, you know what? I, I think I would probably go with like a seven iron. So I could I can use that in the bunker if I need to, but yeah, I can still I like get that. a little bit of movement. So it's like the tin cup like thing. I'll plan. just take the seven iron and I'll. Uh, yeah, that's it. Sunscreen, a seven iron, and Led Zeppelin, and, and I'm on my way. <laughs> and if I you like had the it. same device, you could actually put tin cup on and watch that. That's, that's true. Okay. That's right. And, and don't forget, there's the chilies there. So ah, uh, yes, there. thank goodness for that. Maybe chilies could just keep strolling the Led Zeppelin, and I could get one of my wishes back. There you I go. Just go sit like on their balcony and listen to the box. Set. Just like um, the, the forty-year-old virgin when the, 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 they work at that store and just keeps playing Michael McDonald over and over again. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that would probably last me. I, I suppose how long am I marooned? Probably after a year, I'd hit myself with the golf club. Okay. I worked at when I was in college. I worked at Best Buy, and like for two months straight, they just played this Coldplay song on the on the television, just repetitively. Like, and I was like, I wanted to shoot myself. I was like, if I hear That's- this song again. I'm going to put a bullet in my brain. Uh, this, is, uh, this is awful. <laughs> so I went with the box set. I mean, the, the box set is, is you know, ample. That, that's, that's, you know, I got 100 tracks on that thing. You know, I, I think I would, that would give me at least a year before I went completely insane. No, that's excellent. Well, we appreciate you very much being on our show. Uh, you're um, a, a good friend. Uh, you're a, a great salesperson. You're one of those that I'm just glad we get you on here and, uh, you know, we've got a little bit of your time, which I know how valuable it is as you sit there and you're, uh, you know, working your territory. So uh, we thank you for coming on. And um, I don't know, David, anything else you want to add? No, it's been great. I, uh, Kevin is always one of my favorite people to talk to within the company. Um, you know, he does an amazing job uh, with, with his partners and up in, up in that area, that is neck of the woods. Um, so it's great catching up with you, Kevin, and getting a chance to see you and 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 see how you're doing. So stay well, uh, stay away from people, wear a mask, and uh, I think that's it. So for this episode of Heads in the Cloud, I'm David Portnowitz. I'm John Roth, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, Cheese Thanks, Paul. Good seeing you. you. My pleasure. Bye for now.